My name is Pete Corelli. Uh, welcome to the Game on Australia podcast, a very special episode right around the country and around the world because God of War drops April 20. There do I see my mother. Oh, there do I see my father. Oh, there do they call to me. Oh, there do they call to me. Oh, there do they call to me. That bow's a little big for you, isn't it? My mother made it for me. Said I'd grow into it. Find your way home. You are free. We're taking our ashes to the highest peak in the realms. Ashes? It was our last wish. Where must we go? To a realm beyond your own. If you've watched the trailer, it's at that point the word Santa Monica Studios appears, and it is my pleasure to welcome our very special guest, all the way from Los Angeles, California, principal designer and lead level designer of God of War, and proud to say Australian as well, Rob Davis. Welcome to Game on Australia. G'day, mate. How you doing? I am pumped, but uh, mate, you guys must be jumping out of your seats. We're a week away from release, and already some of the best scores for a game that I've ever seen. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're pretty, pretty thrilled, and uh, definitely thrilled to see that everyone like did a huge playthrough on this one. Everyone really had such a big game to get through. It's such a cool game to explore. It's such a big story to tell. So seeing everyone go through that whole story and you know reacting to it this way has been been really fabulous. Um, it's been eight years since God of War three, and we are moving away from um, Greek mythology into Norse mythology. We'll get to that in just a moment, but I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, you yourself. You're a, you're an Australian. You're um, over there in the thick of it as we speak. How did you end up where you are today? Uh, well, we actually have quite a few Aussies on the God of War team. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, a lot of the level designers, a lot of us start from kids' games and stuff like that. That's sort of where we get our break. And then, um, you know, back in the early 2000s, a lot of us work at, you know, Chrome Studios or Pandemic and THQ and stuff like that. So there's quite a few of us over there uh, having a good time. No meat pies over there that are any good. <laughs> THQ. Um, did you work at THQ? No, I worked at Pandemic. We used to do, uh, we did like the Straw Humans franchise. And then at uh, Chrome, we used to do like Tiger Tasmanian Tiger games and stuff yeah. like that. It was really fun. Yeah, uh, the reason why I mentioned THQ is because I think I spent way too much time during during my N64 days playing WCW NWA Revenge, um, which was a, a huge, yeah, huge game for THQ. Absolutely, yeah. Mate, uh, we'll move on. I mean, God of War, this is something we are absolutely pumped to see. You actually joined the development team, what was it, 2012, was it? 
Yeah. The last God of War game we saw before this was obviously 2010. You've come onto the team in 2012. How was it for you jumping into the God of War series at, at this late stage, you know, for the fourth game in something that has been so incredibly successful as a PlayStation exclusive for so long? You know, it's been so cool. Like when Corey came back to the studio, he was obviously the director of God of War 2. And he had so many ideas. I remember he pitched to the team um, everything he wanted to do. And it was one of those times where, you know, we sort of call it a fireside chat, right? Everyone, you know, Corey's up the front. He's got a, you know, few images on a, a big screen you can see. And then you've got about, you know, maybe 100 people just sort of sitting on the floor eating lunch, hanging out, while he sort of just chats about what he thinks the next God of War could be, right? And it was just one of those things where at the end of it, everyone just felt like it was going to be such a cool idea and there was so much energy in the room that it, it just felt really great. It was one of those great days where you sell it to yourself, man, there's, there's some pretty big ideas here, but if you pulled it off, people would go bananas for it. Yeah. Is there, do you guys at that point have any sort of pictures that he's showing you or is he literally just standing you all in a room and you're all sitting down around and just going... This is what I reckon it's going to be. Just run with me on this, guys. You know, we've done we've done the pitch to the team a few times now, so it all kinds of runs kind of runs together. I do remember at one point before he sort of, at least the first thing I remember was he had a leather bound book, and it kind of had all these North concept art in it and some writing that he thought would be cool, and he put it together as kind of a package for the team and the executives to get excited about this idea. And everyone who picked up this it was almost like a tome of God of War North, right? It, you yeah. know, the game didn't really have a full name yet. It didn't have all the full ideas yet. But just the vision and the ideas, when you picked up that book, you thought to yourself, all right, yeah, that's some pretty cool-looking environments. And, man, Kratos with an axe, you know, he's kind of in full dad mode now. He's getting older. He's getting wiser. He's getting more measured. And um, there was just some things right from the start that you could tell were pretty cool ideas. You did mention something there in particular. That axe you got. You got a handle or special. The axe, mate. We're all very much looking forward to this. What was the idea behind uh, equipping him with an axe? Oh, uh, well, so, like, obviously, axe is a big in Norse mythology. It's a big, iconic weapon, and his silhouette was terrific with him in it. A big part of it was Predator's chain blades are so iconic, right? And so the challenge going out to the was can we make a weapon as iconic as the chain blade? You know, something that gives him a new adventure and reflects the, the sense that he's in a new setting, that he's a stranger in a strange land. And the mythology behind the Leviathan Axe is that it's forged by the same blacksmith who made Molyneux. You know, you've probably heard of Thor's hammer before. Certainly have. And, um, yeah, and so we, we have these two sort of designers and developers inside the studio, Vincent Napoli, who's our combat lead, and George Moore, you know, he's our principal programmer. And they had this idea that if Kratos could take this big, heavy axe and he could throw it and recall it like Molyneux, there were so many cool different ideas and, and so much combat creativity, so much puzzle creativity, and so much exploration creativity we could do with it. Mm-hmm. And then I know from Corey's perspective, from day one, he wanted something that was incredibly meaty, incredibly heavy, and something that really felt like a sort of um, warrior fantasy as Kratos started to engage with the enemy. You mentioned Norse mythology, and that's we're moving away, obviously, from Greek mythology um, now. Did the team feel like, I mean, God of War 3, when it came to the Greeks, ended in such a 
such a, a way that it almost felt like an exclamation mark on the series, you know, when you finish playing. It was like, all right, that's it. The Greeks are done. We're through this. Was that the idea behind moving on to Norse mythology, or was it really more just about the fact of trying to, to refresh in the series? I think there's a lot of reasons why we moved to Norse mythology. Um, part of it is sort of the change in culture inside the studio, right? Because like, there's a lot of people who have been there since God of War One and God of War Two. And a lot of them are a bit older than they were when they started on God of War. A lot of them have had kids of their own, and a lot of them have, have you know, grown up a bit. Everyone's a bit more measured these days, and everyone's, you know, learning sort of, you know, adult things a bit more than maybe when we were, you know, back in the day I was making kids' games, back in the day they were making God of War. But it was all kind of like, you know, very, uh, you know, you run in, you, you get the game done, you work, you know, your butt off and all this kind of thing. It was very feverish. Nowadays, everyone's getting a bit older, and so Kratos is getting a lot older as well, right? So the general idea was how can we put Kratos in situations where he's a stranger in a strange land, where he's more measured, where he has new challenges, where he's a bit of a fish out of water, and where he has to take on things that he's not necessarily an expert in. You know, he needs a sense of discovery. He needs a new challenge. He needs to learn how to become a father. And the Norse mythology is great for that because as Kratos stumbles through the different lands, and as he explores through the different lands, creates a lot of scenarios where Kratos and Atreus have to learn things together. The I'm so glad you brought up Atreus. Now, as a um, as a as a, a fairly new father myself, I've got a, a two year old daughter. Um, I know that probably one of the most complex things in life, and one of the most amazing things to build a story around, is having a child. And to see Kratos. Now having to go through that himself, in fact, we've got a bit of a grab here. He doesn't know, does he, about your true nature or his own? The longer you wait, the more damage you do. He will resent you and you may lose him forever. You're next! I'll rip your head off! There are consequences to killing a god. Why? How do you know? How do you know? This leaves i mean it, this i can't even begin to tell you how excited i am for this part because like i said as a father i can really relate to the fact that he now has a son and you know you're saying that there's quite a few people who have been at santa monica studios throughout pretty much the journey of and they've sort of evolved was that was that part of the reason why um you guys felt comfortable putting Kratos in this situation. Did you draw on a lot of the experiences that a fair few people around the team actually had to, to create the story around Atreus? Yeah, absolutely. Especially for Corey and uh, especially for the story that he wanted to tell. You know, there's an old joke inside the game design team that, you know, that, you know, Kratos has two fathers, you know, Corey Barlog and Eric Williams, you know, the original <laughs> animator and the original uh, combat designer. And those are the two guys, you know, back in the early days who brought Kratos to life. You know, they sort of created this character. Well, when Corey came back to the studio, he was a dad now, and he has so many new inspirations and so many new ideas. And until Teddy, he draws a lot of his inspirations for, for Kratos and for the game in general from things that he's interested in, experiences he's had. But we also, like, tap the entire team for those experiences. There's so many ideas that the other writers have had as parents of their their own and our lead combat designer, our lead gameplay engineer, they've also become parents over the last few years. So everyone has this very unique perspective as to what it is to be a parent. And then you've got the fact that Kratos, you know, has this history behind him and he's a demigod, right? So, or that his son's a demigod. So you put a stranger in a strange land 
You got him learning how to be a father for the first time, and then you got the fact that you got to teach someone how to be a god. It's a lot of different scenarios where you can create interesting conflict, and it gives creators an entirely new side that you sort of haven't really seen before. The history that you mentioned, and there's a lot of it for Kratos, this is one of the things that I find the most fascinating when it comes to doing the, the research into the way people go about building games. And a conversation you guys must have from time to time is how do we balance you know, the amount of history that Kratos has and how much of that we can put into the story with still keeping it um, relevant enough in a way for new people coming into the series as well? How did you guys go about balancing that sort of content to keep um, the traditional lovers of the story who are excited for this game that have played all the other ones as happy as the people that are going to come along and, you know, for the first time have a PlayStation and play this as their first God of War game? You know, seeing the reviews come out, one of the greatest things that I love seeing is when people say, it feels like the same DNA, but it feels like a new game, right? There's there's no better compliment than that because we're trying to do so many new things, trying to create such a fresh experience, totally different camera perspective, new weapons, got Atreus with you, all these different things, totally different mythology. And yet, a lot of people who are picking it up and playing it are saying, wow, I can't believe this actually feels like God of War. Like, you know, I'm still doing the things that I love so much about this game, but now with all this additional texture, all this additional exploration and all this additional layering, I didn't quite think was possible with a character like Kratos. So anytime someone says to us, oh man, it feels, feels like the original, but it actually feels really new and fresh, that's just the best feeling. How many of the people uh, that work at Santa Monica Studios behind this game have beards? <laughs> I just got rid of mine, actually. I was sort of joking <laughs> with someone that, you know, maybe our, maybe our internal team beards is our, you know, invisible render farm for the beards in the game. Maybe yeah. we can't save our beards until the game shit. <laughs> uh, you know, Corey, I think, growing one of the bigger beards. Uh, uh, what else? I just put of beards around <laughs> <laughs> Was that was that part of the idea to give Kratos a beard as well? I mean, I know you know a fair few of my mates and family and stuff that are around about my age now that they have kids as well. Pretty much each and every one of them have got a beard. Was that was the beard a way of of you guys also in a subtle sort of way saying Kratos has matured? He now has a child. This is going to be an older version of Kratos, a more mature version of Kratos. There are so many looks we tried with Kratos. The character lead, Raph Grossetti, is a really iconic character designer, right? And, you know, him and the, the visual design team, they really nailed the look of Kratos, in my opinion, because that is one of those things that I truly believe feels like he has his DNA, but it feels new. He's seeing a slightly thicker Kratos as well. His body silhouette has changed slightly. And then as you put on lots of different armors and, and, and different gear throughout the game, very important that we always keep the sense of you feeling like Kratos, even though you might be customizing him a bit. So, you know, I'll leave it to people to decide on their own, but I think the new Kratos is, is pretty iconic looking. I think the beard's a big part of that. I think the thicker shape and the axe are a big part of that as well. But probably most importantly, now when you see a silhouette of Kratos, you often see a Atreus in the frame as well. And mm. I think that little, that partnership silhouette is going to stick with people for a long time. Mate, um, one thing that a lot of studios these days sort of bank on is follow-up content once the release is out. You know, we get a little way down the track and there's DLC to come. Are there any plans from Santa Monica Studios um, with regards to keeping players interested, you know, past the end game content? I think you'll have to play it yourself. Um, you know, there's a lot of little secrets and stuff. We're not an open-world game, but, you know, we're also not a pure linear game either. So in this game... 
there was a whole second level design team that started to look into what the exploration experience would look like. And I couldn't be more proud of, of that crew, right? They've just absolutely crushed it. And, you know, if possible, try not to read up on it too much yourself, you know, before you go to play, because this isn't the type of game where the game is going to point you too much in a direction. There is a compass. You can turn it on, you can turn it off, but it mostly just gets you through the story, right? If you push to the fringes of the map and start exploring on your own, you'll find a little, lot of little secrets, whether it's lore or whether it's, like, additional areas or whether it's new challenges that you may not have expected. And so um, what I'm hearing, at least from a lot of people, is that they're, you know, playing through the story, but also once they're done with the game, they're not done with the game. Unreal. Mate, um, finally, uh, if possible, if not, I completely understand, um, is there one exclusive bit of information that nobody else has heard yet that you can tell Game on Australia podcast listeners? You know, something that I don't think people have really dug into that much yet is all the secrets of the Holder Brothers that Kratos meets throughout the story. Right. There's a little bit more to them than meets the eye, and then um, there's some additional stuff you can do with them. Uh, the one, sorry, one final, final thing. Now that you guys are like essentially done, the game is out there. It, it's you know, it's got a great score on Metacritic so far. We're still a week out for release. You know, so you're going to pop champagne. You're going to celebrate a little bit. Um, then the game is actually going to go into release, and I'm sure there'll be some other bits and pieces to come from that. But um, do you guys get to sort of, as a team, pull back a little bit and just? relax a little bit, or is it still all hands on deck and maybe looking towards that next title now? Well, you know what? You mentioned it before. It's been a while since there's been a big God of War game. Like, God of War Ascension was pretty big for us as well. But God of War 3 was kind of the capitulation of the trilogy. And around that time, there wasn't really as much Twitch streaming, was there? So now, I think we're going to enjoy taking a step back and actually watch people streaming the game. We've got, like, a new mode in it called... um, Give Me God of War, which is our most difficult mode. And it's not just the damage-tuning mode. The lead combat designer, Jason McDonald, he's been on the game since God of War 1, and he's really passionate about giving people a legitimate challenge if they pick that mode. So I'm really looking forward. You know, the enemies have changed their patterns a little bit. You're going to have to use really different loadouts. You're going to have to try a lot of different um, action RPG tactics. I'm really looking forward to seeing what streamers do, what different strategies people uncover, what type of different um, challenges they run into the most. And in general, just the conversation that surrounds that mode is going to be really fun. Um, In episode 73 of the Game on Australia podcast, which is out now, we actually, as part of the top three bits of news um, that gamers need to hear this week, we actually went through the different difficulty modes. And as a mature gamer... um, I can honestly tell you, with the hardest mode that you guys have set, one of my favourite quotes from that story was, don't get frustrated, get better. And, <laughs> mate, i I, I, I got to say, I just absolutely love that because it's so great to see the fact that um, a studio can actually feel confident in the fact that they've put out a hard mode that is seriously going to challenge you because I think that's what we really, really need. Yeah, and good luck trying to 100% it. I think we've been joking around that we'll send a cookie basket for the first person who 100%. Well, (laughs) mate, I'll send my address, honestly, because I'm going to have a crack. Uh, For our Game on Australia listeners, of course, you can catch us at twitch.tv forward slash game on AUS. As soon as we get our hands on the game, we're going to be streaming it and we're going to be getting stuck right into that, I can assure you. Um, Rob Davis, I, I 
cannot even begin to say how uh, how much of a pleasure it's been talking to you and how much we appreciate the time that you've given us this morning. Thank you so much and congratulations on what is already starting to absolutely dominate the scores out there. Um, and I wish you guys all the very best. Thank you so much and good luck on the hardest move. <laughs>